The OTP for July the 26th, first day of training camp. It's here. Mike Keith, Amy Wells. Woohoo. Jim Wyatt. In the house. In the house. Glad to have you with us as we recap day one of training camp. I guess the first thing that jumps out, Taylor won. He was there. Which is a good sign. He, he didn't do as much as he will do moving forward, but and he said he thought it was potentially because of the contract situation. Uh, Mike Vrabel said it had more to do with the fact that he wasn't here during the June mini camps and, and will be eased in a little bit more. But the fact that he's here, uh, I think, is a good sign moving forward for negotiations, and it's a good sign for this football team because you need your starting left tackle and one of the best tackles in the league uh, as part of this team. A.B. Wells, were you surprised that Taylor Dewan reported on time? I really wasn't. It doesn't seem to be in Taylor's nature to not want to be with his guys and be with his team. John Robinson said yesterday that they've made a lot of progress in those contract conversations that they've been having. So I think if there was a way for Taylor to be here and not lose too much ground from a negotiating standpoint, he was going to be here. It felt as though he had played the holdout card at the end of the off-season program, the last week of the off-season, and then the mandatory minicamp. And at that point, it was going to be hard for him to do that again, entering training camp, knowing that he does have a $9.341 million agreement for this year already in place. Yeah, I, mean, I think he made a little bit of a statement by not being here. Hey, remember me. I've got a contract, the situation coming up that uh, I'd like to see taken care of. But uh, I don't think you want to push that too far. because I, I don't know how John Robinson, Vin Marino, you know, Mike Vrabel, how they would have handled it if he'd have been away. I, I, don't, I don't know that it would have paid off if he'd have stayed away and tried to sit this thing out for a long time. I think they want players that that are here, and if you're here working, then we'll continue to talk about a contract. And hopefully it gets worked out for both sides. Uh, you know, it sounds like things are progressing. Uh, you know, worst-case scenario is he not show up, and then you have a long-term distraction. But uh, like the fact that he's here, and, uh, you know, and now you keep your fingers crossed, hope a contract gets done, and hope that Jack Conklin can get back out there sooner or later. Because it's kind of weird today watching practices. Yes, he was here, but most of the day you had uh, Dennis Kelly, Kevin Panfield working uh, at the tackle spot. Kevin Dodd, not here. Waved, uh, let know that he would be waived late Tuesday after we taped the OTP on Monday. I don't think any of us were surprised by that. No, I don't think so. Jim? I was not surprised. I mean, I think it just got to the point where uh, they'd worked with him so much and invested a lot of time in him. John Robinson, uh, very I think he's got a close relationship with Kevin Dodd, working with him. Felt like watching him and and, his, and the coaching staff last year, not the shorting uh, or trying to sell the staff short last year, but I think he felt like he could do some things to help him with his career. He did that. I think Kevin Dodd was not here during the offseason. He was late to report to camp. I just think they felt like uh, – you know, this is not having any more distractions moving forward. Let's give Kevin Dodd a chance to to uh, to try to start somewhere fresh. It's kind of sad it didn't work out. I like Kevin Dodd. I think he's a pretty. I think he's a good guy, uh, but uh, it just didn't work here. And and I like the way John Robinson kind of stood stood up and said, "Hey, this is on me. Got to do a better job scouting players." It's not all on him. Kevin Dodd's got to do his part as well. But that showed great accountability. 
Robinson handling it, that was a PR lesson to everybody out there. Because at that point, when you step up and you're accountable and you say, it didn't work, it's my fault, what else can anybody say? There's nothing more you can say. You can't say, well, it didn't work. Yep, said that. Well, it's all your fault. Yep, said that too. Right. Well, uh, you need to go do better going forward. Yep, said that too. Done. Amazing. It was I awesome. just thought yeah. an amazing job by John Robinson for the surprise appearance to just walk up there and just drop the hammer the way he did. Kind of typical John Robinson. Yeah, no doubt. And if players see that, coaches will see that. And uh, that's what he wants. He wants accountability. He wants guys who will own up to mistakes. And uh, if the GM's doing it, then other guys ought to be doing it as well. And again, it's not all John Robinson's fault. I think a lot of people felt like Kevin Dodd was going to be a hit in this draft. And uh, the injury set him back. Uh, the fact that he just didn't do enough to help himself set him back. And uh, just, uh, you know, John Robinson, I know, moving forward, just hopes another situation you know, doesn't play out like that one. All right, so all of those things were topics that were discussed on day one. Busy day. <laughs> but we had football, and we had good football, and we had energy, and we had enthusiasm, and we had day one for Mike Vrabel as the head coach in a training camp. Jim Wyatt, what jumped out to you? Well, Mike Vrabel being in the middle of action jumped out to me, but that's nothing new. Uh, Malcolm Butler making a great play on the ball happen. That's nothing new. We saw it in the Super Bowl uh, against the Seahawks when he was a Patriot a couple of years back, and a very similar play played out on the practice field today And what was the highlight of the first day of training camp, if you ask me. Uh, he was st- I just happened to be in the area where he was kind of jawing back and forth with the receivers, the defensive back, anybody to listen, wanting to take on Corey Davis on one-on-one drills. He kept saying, let me show you how I earn my money. Let me show you how I earn my money. He wanted to see Corey Davis across from him in the one-on-one drills. He got his chance. Mariota threw the ball to Corey Davis. Butler jumped the route, took the ball away from him, punted it high into the air. Kerry Combs was up jumping around with him. His teammates jumped around in him. And it was uh, it was the moment of the day, if you ask me. I caught up with Malcolm later. You know, he talked about how much he loves Corey, how much he respects him. He also talked about getting beat by Corey Davis in the, in the playoff game last year. He gave up a couple of touchdown uh, catches, and he wanted a piece of them today. Now, he's not going to win every battle against Corey Davis, but he won today. You say it's the moment of practice, but was it the play of the day? I think it was the play of the day. Now, Corey Davis later made a one-handed grab. I was going to say, I I thought the play of the day was the catch Corey Davis made around a Dory Jackson in the end zone, which was absolutely unreal. This is the second training camp in a row where Corey Davis has had some sort of bananas acrobatic catch, and it's... That feels like the worth the price of admission right there, just to watch Corey Davis make some sort of defying the laws of physics but catch. These defensive backs are for real. Oh, they're here to play. They jump routes. I mean, uh, Logan Ryan had an interception today. Dane Crookshank had an interception today. And it was a heck of a catch by Davis. But I, I didn't talk to him after practice. I have a feeling he'd probably tell you it wasn't his best day because he, he had a couple of balls he could have caught that he was not able to pull them in. So, uh, And I'm sure he probably going to catch some heat from uh, you know, Rob Moore and the offensive staff about fighting for that ball across the middle that Butler got him on. But uh, a heck of a play for Davis. He's going to be a great player. I like his aggressiveness, uh, and I think that play 
that Butler made on him is going to sharpen him even more. No Richard Matthews today, though, remains sidelined with an injury, and that's a, that's a big deal. He's a player they're counting on. It's, it's a concern. I mean, uh, yes, this team has young talent and Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp. And it's good to see Michael Campanero back out there and Darius Jennings and Jordan Vesey and a lot of these other guys who are competing. But Sharp Matthews is the one proven receiver that's on this football team. He didn't do much through the course of the offseason. Team needs him out there, uh, you know, against Miami in week one. You hope that he's going to be out there, you know, before long. But this thing is, has gone on for a while. They're going to try to be patient with him. But even when he comes back, he's got to catch up. So, uh, you know, not the best case scenario for him in the receiving core. Although, Richard is a proven receiver. He is an older guy, so he knows how to get those mental reps, how to do that. This may be kind of beneficial for some of those younger guys who need the extra reps, who are trying to earn their spot. You know that Richard, for the most part, can get up to speed. Well, and who it may really be beneficial for is Tajay Sharp. Yeah. Because Tajay probably gets more reps based on Richard not being there due to the, due to the fact that they basically play the same spot. Right. So... It may, it may not be as concerning as it seems right now because it's a lot of the things he can fill in later once he gets back and knocks some of the rest off. But it might be good for some of the younger guys who are trying to make the team. That is the silver lining in it. I mean, the fact that other guys are getting reps. And people are always asking, well, what about Des Bryant? What about this veteran? I think part of the reason that that hasn't happened, not saying it's going to, but uh, I think the team wants to give some of these younger players a chance to get reps. You bring in somebody from the outside now, you're taking away reps from from the Tajay Sharps, as you guys mentioned. So uh, you want Richard Matthews out there. In the meantime, these guys – do get an opportunity that's going to be valuable. How did first-round pick linebacker Rashawn Evans do today? I thought he did well. I mean, he's mixing in. Him and Will Compton are kind of going back and forth with the first team. I thought Wesley Woodard uh, of the inside linebackers stood out to me most today. But uh, Rashawn Evans showed up, ready to go. He worked hard getting up to this point. And uh, uh, curious to see how competitions play out, whether it's inside back or some of these other spots that people are fighting for on this football team, how long they go on. You know, you'd like to see guys settle in by maybe third week of the preseason. And uh, I think the Evans Compton's one to watch. Rashawn didn't look scared to me today. You know, a lot of rookie players come in and a training camp is fast and training camp is hard and he, he looked very natural. Uh, there were a couple times I forgot, like, oh, he's never done this before. So that's a good sign that he looks so calm and in his right place so early. How did you think Mariota looked today? I thought he looked good. He looked like you kind of always expect Mariota to look. You know, I thought that he had a decent day. I think that he was getting back in the groove with some of the receivers and things like that. But he looked like a Marcus that can move around and throw the ball. And he had a couple times that he went on some pretty decently sized runs there. And he's fast. I think the defense is winning these practices still. I know this is day one, but I thought the defense won the offseason. Uh, I did too. And I think the defense won today. Uh, I think it's going to take Mariota more time to where he really is clicking and, and, and consistent practice. You know, Every single practice, you have to take into consideration. He's got a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterbacks coach, a, a whole new scheme he's working with. He's got players around him who he's not used to being out there with. Again, Pamphill and 
uh, you know, and Kelly are your starting tackles, not Lawan and Conklin at this point. You've got, uh, you know, a young receiving core. All that stuff comes into play, a defense that's a veteran team. So that, that will all help him get better. I think at some point offense will get over the hump where it's winning some of these practices. But uh, I, I haven't really seen that yet. Yeah, the defense And that's because the fantastic. defense looks great, yeah. Uh, I will say this about the offense, though. It does not seem, even though they're doing new things, it does seem like they're able to execute what they want to do without a lot of false starts or guys being totally out of position or things like this. The defense is less new than the offense, admittedly. But the offense looks like they are getting Matt LaFleur's concepts pretty well. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And, then, and obviously in practices like this, especially with the pads not on, your, your offense doesn't get an opportunity to kind of wear the defense down a little bit. I mean, that's what Derrick Henry is going to do in a game. That's what you know, Delaney Walker is going to do when he catches the ball and, and is physical you know, with the football in his hands. I mean, some of that stuff you can't do now, and that's going to change the look of things. All right, let's talk about your notebooks. Oh, yes. You took notes at practice today. By the way, for those who keep up with search, such things, the first song that was played at training camp today was Stay by Zed with Ariana, Ariana Cara, I think is the young lady's name. I don't name. know her name. Well, I'm just trying to throw Alicia. it. It actually was in the, uh, on, on the charts uh, this time last year, went as high as number seven on the charts. <laughs> Did you look that up? I Casey Kasem. <laughs> Casey Kasem. <laughs> yeah. But people like to know what's on the playlist. Well, and you know who chose that song marcus mariota it's apparently it's one of his, his jam songs mm-hmm. interesting and he actually uh, got caught during the igniting the fire series singing that song yep do we have that audio oh we've got it all right let's hit it all you gonna do is stay a minute just wait a minute Oh, that's so a good. treat. It's so good. That's a treat. <laughs> <laughs> you, think Mar- you think Marcus is going to be listening to this uh, no. I hope not. OTP? <laughs> I'm not sure Marcus not knows one. who any of us are. <laughs> so, uh, I think uh, the, the, good news, the good news is Marcus can play quarterback because Nashville would not be his town for what else Nashville is famous for. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. All right, so give me something out of the notebook, Jim White. Hit me with something you saw at practice today that Titans fans need to know here on the OTP. Did I mention Malcolm Butler's play against Doug Yes, Cordes, you did. Yeah. You said that was the moment. <laughs> that was number one on mine, too. No judging. Yeah, that was number one. And I've got a rundown here of a lot of plays. You can tell I've got a lot of scribble uh, going on back and forth. Uh I think that I think uh, I wrote down Jarrell Casey's name a lot. We just talked about him. I noticed him being very active. Brian Arakpo being very active. Wesley Woodyard very very active. I talked about the interceptions. Butler, Logan, Ryan, and Dane Crookshank, and uh, and we discussed Corey Davis's play of the day. Um, I thought uh, again. I think it was a defense a, a practice that was uh, the defense won the day. Uh, but there were some young, you know, young guys that kind of flashed and made plays on the offensive side of the ball, too. All right, Amy Wells. Well, he got all of my football <laughs> things, but I have some auxiliary color things that Go. are way more entertaining. Go. Um, Rusty Smith, former Tennessee Titans quarterback, was out here with his entire football team at practice. Grace Christian. Yeah, he's the head coach out there. He's the head coach. Yep. He, they needed an activity for the day to break up the monotony of their 
preseason, pre-whatever workouts, and so he brought him out to practice. That's I a thought good thing. that was nice. All right. Um, both sidelines have cooling benches no, now. That was nice. They're, Did yeah. you sit on the cooling no, bench? Jim really hovered. likes it. Yeah, I kind of hung on the outskirts where you could get some of the uh, cool breeze. Who will be the first non-football person to sit on one of the cooling benches? I don't want to say. you talking about the work for the Tennessee yeah, Titans or somebody that's somebody, outside? Somebody's going to sit down on one of those cooling benches who's not supposed to. <laughs> It'll happen. Oh I yeah, can, I think it may be Jeff Hardy. I can make a prediction. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it on uh, on the airwaves. No, but someone gets five dollars when it happens. There's a pool. Well, I'm ju- I'm starting it right now. All right, good. I want someone to sit on those benches. Good. I we may have, if it happens, we may have another Deron Jenkins Perry Phoenix moment from the. Is <laughs> uh, that the 2001 five, season? 2005. Okay. Amy wasn't around here for that, but they, there was a, that was a heated bench. It was a heated and, bench. Uh, that was 2001. It was a bad game, I think, against the Browns. It was at and, the uh, end, yeah. And it, the game was just getting uh, out of hand. Uh, season was getting out of hand at that point. And uh, Deron Jenkins and Perry Phoenix had a disagreement on, on who should have gotten that last spot on the heated bench. It was a cold day. And uh, if my memory is correct, Perry sat down in, in the seat that, that Deron Jenkins had been in. And when Deron came back to reclaim the seat. Perry wouldn't get up, so they kind of jostled and each now, other. And now Deron has a show yes, on HGTV, and it's really good. It, I actually watched it. it Nashville a, Flip. Yes, Nashville Flip. So He's he about, fantastic. About got, he about flipped Perry Phoenix uh, when he got... Uh, <laughs> I don't know that he'd have been flipping Perry yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Perry Phoenix might have been flipping yeah, him. He's yeah. a little bigger dude. Yeah. Did he call Seatback? Does anybody yeah, know? Was know anyone in the area? It was so bad. They there had are very a, specific was, rules regarding that. It was so bad. I had to break those guys it up was, over a, a seat on the well, heated bench. That was an incredibly disappointing season, and the Titans had rallied back to seven and seven from what was just a debacle of a start of the year. And uh, you know they they get in this situation where they got to play two games at the end that don't matter, and it, they sort of played like they didn't matter. Uh. The games played out as if they were almost like preseason games. And when this happened, you were just thinking, let the season be over with, particularly because they had gone 13-3 and three both years before, and then they went back to the playoffs each of the next two years in one playoff game. So it was an interlude. Yes. Interlude. All right, so what else is on your list? You've got more. I have more, but he took all of my football things. <laughs> okay. I wrote down Give 77. Me one more thing. I was keeping track of the songs from previous podcasts to see how much, um, how correct we were. There was a lot of Drake. No Motown. Sorry, Mike. Um, there was so no Motown at all There was no today? Motown today. I okay. didn't notice any. I didn't either. Uh-huh. Yeah, but... There um, should be more Motown. There was Post Malone. There was... I called that Drake. one. You did yeah, call that there one. was some Kanye. So... That, well, but I mean, you can I spent a lot of time keeping track of that. But you can call all the new stuff. I mean, yeah. come on. That's... I want to hear some Tone Loke out there. Tone Loke? Funky Cold Medina. Funky Cold Medina. Absolutely. You think we'll hear that in camp? Do I think we'll hear Tone Loke? Um, I I would go no on that. I would. How about some old school LL Cool J? You there could you hear go. you could hear LL Cool J because he's kind of back in again now. All these specials and things that he's he's been on doing. that lip sync show. He is on the lip sync. show. He looks the same as he did. It's amazing. Back you know thirty years ago. One of the greatest. Uh, he played halftime of the two thousand three. AFC Championship game in Oakland. 
And Pat Ryan had that. one of the greatest quotes in the history of Titans Radio. He went, he is buff. <laughs> <laughs> Something we did not expect to ever hear Pat Ryan say. One of the great moments in Titans Radio history. All right. Titans back at it, 9.50 on Friday. No pads, but still worth seeing. Oh, absolutely. Good crowd today. Who is the big autograph signer today? I don't know. You don't I, know? I, I don't know because I was. It's a scramble after practice now. The, you know the way the setup is now was when practice ends, players start heading toward the 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 doors, and you got to grab them before they get into the locker room. So you're scrambling after practice. Uh, so I don't know who headed to the fences. I was just looking for guys headed toward the building, but I think 15, 18 guys are signing each day. Yeah. There was and there was a big crowd. Marcus Mariota signs for the children's, and so there was a big crowd of the children kids. Love that. Yeah, over by him, which I was, is always just so cute. And is very, very doing cool. singing over there? I hope not. Poor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Sport> kids. <laughs> um, all right, so Jim, you're doing all kinds of stuff at TitansOnline.com during training camp. You have what, like nine stories up right now? I have, uh, I think, four for the day, counting the transaction earlier today, which include the signing of Claude Piline from uh, the University of Southern California, who played with the Jets previously. So if you count that one. six four three hundred D D-lineman. Yep. Uh, wearing and, 97. Is that right? He's got the Carl Klug old He's number. He's got the Carl Klug number. He's wearing 97. Yep. No 93, but there is a 97. Somebody's got to claim 93. That's too good a number. Well, there's yes, always is. the reshuffling after yeah, training and camp, hope, and then just, everyone just trades numbers. Front, I don't want another big reshuffling again. When was that? Two years ago, where all the defensive backs got different numbers. Yeah, that was yeah. a little confusing. That was poor. That, yeah. Just let's not do that. Yeah. Best 90, one or two. Yeah, best ninety-three in uh, Titans history. Kevin Carter. Who's number two? Kyle Vandenbosch. It's good. Oh, I, I was, would. Oh, well, that's tough. That was a good one, too. Jason right Babin went to a Pro Bowl in 93 yeah. with this ball club. I mean, there have been some good 93s. Some good ones. Sean Smith. Yep. <laughs> Jim was asking. I thought he was expe expecting you to say his name or something. What about, what about that guy? Yeah. What about someone else? Well, you reeled off some pretty good ones there uh, in a hurry. That's been a good number. That's been a very good number. 93 is a good jersey number. For a defensive lineman, it is one of the best. It's like the numbers in the 40s never look quite as good. Agreed. That is true. Yep. Yeah. Never, yeah. Never really just stand out the most. You never, you never see a guy walking around with like a 43 jersey. By the way, the new jerseys look great on the practice field too. Helmets to have see. really grown on me, and the I think they've grown on awesome. a lot of other people. The helmet is awesome. Yes. It's a good look. Especially the silver in the helmet, the silver face mask. I just go on and on about it. I need to stop. Makes it pop. It makes it pop, undoubtedly. All right, so Jim White's got stories. You can follow him online at? Uh, on Twitter, at Jay Wyatt, at Jay Wyatt Sports, and, uh, and also putting some Instagram videos out on at Jay Wyatt Sports. Awesome. Amy Wells, follow you on Twitter. Absolutely, at Titans, Amy, A-M-I-E. And you're doing something on your, you know, from, from, to kind of bring fans uh, within the world on, within two minutes. Explain it. I've I done am. a poor job. Well, so. no, that was pretty good. Um, trying to give people some of the, the hot takes from the day. The, my top five comments from the media session, under two minutes, 
You get a good gauge of what's going on, who won, what some of the big things were. Get in, get out, get over it. Awesome. Yeah. So, at Titans Amy on Twitter. Spell it again. A-M-I-E. All right. There you go. Back tomorrow at 9.50, Saturday, 9.50. Still scheduled to be the first padded practice? That's the last I heard, yep. and, uh, which, will be, uh, which will be interesting. All right. Jim White, Amy Wells, Jeff Harding, my name's Mike Keith. This is the official Titans podcast.